The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome to a very special edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We convinced the one, the only award-winning actor, New Orleanian Wendell Pierce, to give us a little time today. Dave is like, if Wendell Pierce is on here, I am on this podcast. We have, I have so many Jack Ryan questions to ask you, Wendell, but we're going we're gonna to push that off. Dave wanted to start the question with a uh, Super Bowl 44 question. Well, back in 2009, uh, when the Saints went to the Super Bowl, they went to Miami. I had to, I had to ride in a Mardi Gras parade the night before. So I left the morning of the game uh, to Miami and you, Wendell, were on my flight. And obviously you were, uh, like the rest of us, happier than a pig in shit, uh, excited to get to the game. Uh, but I just wanted to know, who did you go to the game with? <laughs> I, yeah, I know. who uh, who did you go to the game with? Where were you sitting? You know, did you did you cash in any celebrity favors uh, to get good seats or anything like that? You know, I am. Uh, I did not. Um, I, I did not have that juice yet. I, I, I still don't know. Um, you know, I or, or I underestimated the juice that I did have, so I did not cash in any uh, any celebrity favors. You know, I. Uh, I, I, you know, I made somebody very happy at StubHub, and uh, oh I my bought two tickets. <laughs> my little Creole honey, I'm dealing with. Uh, took her to the game, and I'll never forget uh, one thing: they wouldn't allow you to bring the umbrellas in, right? No, everybody wanted to bring in their umbrellas and everything, so um, uh, we had to leave that in the car. And uh, even though I saw the whistle, man. I think I saw the whistle man. And I, he he had to go through three thousand layers of security with his big whistle head helmet, um, and uh, and so uh, went to the game. But the thing I remember the most about that game, two things. One, I was on obviously got my tickets from an Indianapolis fan because I was in a sea of blue, and uh, three things: sea of blue. The second thing I remember is. Uh, halftime um, started out I wanted to check out the who right it was the who right mm-hmm. I checked them out a little bit I said alright now get ready for the second half go to the bathroom get the deal done and come back because uh, we, we have a def- the defense got us to the Super Bowl I want to see what they're going to do you know to stop uh, to stop this offense and get us back in this game because we were down and I went to the bathroom and I missed the most famous play in Saints history. 
Oh my was, god! Like, freaking long. And I came back and I was like, wait a minute, I thought we were kicking off. <laughs> and no one around me, because they were Indianapolis fans, would tell me that I just missed the greatest fucking play. In <laughs> uh, excuse me, can I curse? Yes, you can you curse can. all you want. <laughs> yeah, I just said I was pig and shit. And I was like, all right. Um, and I, and I, I was like, damn. And uh, my guest, uh, I guess she, go, she went to St. Games for the drinking. Uh, she, she really didn't know football and, uh, and so she wasn't able to tell me anything. Um, well now, and so you, you, you just, you said your guest was a, a fine Creole honey. Is that what you said? Is that how you yes. described it? So- uh, yes, yes, Dave, let's, uh, let's move on. My follow-up question was going to be whether you whether- there were certain other people that may have thought, uh, I think I was supposed to be at that game, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. You didn't cash in a favor. You missed the greatest play in Saints history. But it was a, a magical experience. You've been nominated for Tony's producing. You've, you've been – and by the way, I am a crazy fan of Death of the Salesman. I was looking in illegal places on the internet to try to find a version of your death of a salesman that you did in London, which is, is the reviews are fantastic. But where does the Super Bowl, the Saints, where does the Saints Super Bowl winning, where does it rank in like your lifetime memories? Because you have so many that regular people like us are like, wow, that's incredible. Where does the Saints Super Bowl winning rank for you? You know, the Super Bowl win, is uh man god it's in the top three easily <laughs> in the top three maybe in the top two uh it's um because it's so much more than just sports that was the thing that i realized uh I, i'm a lot older than you cats man so you know i was <laughs> two lane stadium with my dad in the nosebleed seats uh where you know you would bring your little lunch uh, and uh, my dad would sneak in beer wrapped in aluminum foil in his jacket, you know. And um, you met the, you had the same people year after year around you, a real amalgam of different people of different walks of life from disparate parts of the city. Um, but they all, we all had this one common thing that you know, in the fall we would meet every every Sunday or every other Sunday at Tulane Stadium. And um, all of those years are just childhood memories with my dad. And when we won, I burst into tears. And I I literally just burst into tears because it was like the culmination of my childhood. And there was a a little kid next to me from Indianapolis and he was just looking at me and like, what is this strange (laughs) motherfucker? You know, this big black dude just crying and shit. Oh my God. You know, and I said, kid, when you get older, you'll understand this fucking thing. You know? <laughs> so, just relax. You'll understand. He's like, what the fuck? Um, and, and, the fr- and my dad, so this is what, 10 years ago now? Yeah, yeah. 11. No, 11, yeah. We're going on 11. So my dad is 84 at the time. My dad is 95 now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and can't hear. He, he's, he's deaf, you know? Like we say he's hard of hearing, but he's deaf, <laughs> right? And you can't talk to him on the phone. And I told um, 
And I had my mother get on the phone at the time, man. And I was just like, tell daddy I love him, you know? Tell him how much it meant to me to take me to the game every Sunday at Tulane Stadium. And this is, this is for him. And I'll, this is, I will never forget what he means to me and how much I love him. And every time I meet a Saints player from that team, I said, what you did was fantastic. It's a historical yeah. sports moment. I said, but what you don't realize, and maybe you do, you create memories. Yeah. Memories. And because um, we associate everything with those Sundays, you know. So when I see the Saints, I think of my father, you know. Yeah. I just think of my father. And I just, and then I did pull strings <laughs> uh, after the Super Bowl. And I was able to take my parents to the White House for the ring oh. ceremony. Oh, oh my God. Oh, you went to the ring ceremony? Well, oh, not, wow. whatever, you know, uh, when Obama honored them at the White House. Yeah, you and, got to go to that. See, I got to go that to that. Is it so, proper? That, that, was, that was proper celebrity pull strings <laughs> to get it. Obama was a big fan of The Wire. Oh, yeah. Along with that, I was able to get in. Yeah, man. And I was like, oh. and that was just fantastic you know, to take them to the White House, uh, you know, uh, for my parents at that age to be there with the first black president and then with the Saints, you know, uh, yeah. winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, my father was like, this is what America is all about. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I can't imagine. People always go to, man, that's, now this is America. <laughs> Son, you have made it. You've done I, it. <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing about uh, your career is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of actors are like, well, I, I went to college and I was doing this and it kind of just fell into it. You are not that way. You went to Juilliard, which is a famous acting school for people who don't know. So you've wanted to do this your whole life. Yeah, I started, but when did, I started at NOCA. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's right. New yeah. Orleans Center for Creative Arts, uh, which is a performing arts high school here in New Orleans. And, uh, and I had the best of both worlds. I had an academic, uh, one of the best schools. I don't care where you two went to. Uh, ben Franklin, you know. <laughs> ben ben Franklin, Franklin, number one, Oxnard Club. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, we got our ass kicked in every sport. But now, the, the new Franklin has a great soccer team. But um, Yeah, but I started, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, I cut your question off. No, no it's I was, fine. Uh, I started, I was playing football. I was pretty good in football. Um, I was fat and fast. <laughs> it's a good combination, actually. Right, it's a great combination in football. I remember I played. I played my last. Uh, I, I, you know, I played from Punch Train Park, which Nord is a was a great system. I guess it still is. I shouldn't break on it. Um, the New Orleans Recreational Department was great because it was the first time kids from different parts of the city got to meet kids from other parts of the city that they would never get to meet. You know, and. Um, and, and so I was, I was a star and, uh, in, in Punch Train Park's football team. I always had to play with the older kids because I never could make the weight. <laughs> right? I was always too, too heavy. <laughs> and I remember the great Coach Mack in Punch Train Park would make me run to the stadium so, <laughs> so I could hopefully lose weight <laughs> and, make the, uh, and make the weight. And it worked a couple of times. Um, and so... It, 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 it took me around the city, um, and I, I was playing football for Gregory Junior High. I went to Gregory, 
And it was there where a teacher came. No, I, I left there and I started at Ben Franklin and was going out for the football team. Um, and there was a teacher, Elliot Keener, who came recruiting for the New Orleans Center of Creative Arts, Nokia. And it was like we were the only two people in the room. All of a sudden, everybody went away, and I was just drilling in with questions because I had done a play in the sixth grade at the University of New Orleans, um, Midsummer Night's Magic. And I dug it. I was like, this is great, man, you know? Um, and uh, it was for a husband and wife graduate team. Uh, for summer camp. And then when they came recruiting for NOCA, uh, it touched something in me. And I remember going to my football coach, Coach O'Neill at Franklin, and I said, uh, I want to be an actor. He was like, what? <laughs> Pierce, what are you talking about? God damn it. Practice starts next week. I was waiting on you to, God damn it. <laughs> What's your big ass going to do in acting? You know, I'm like, I want to be an actor. <laughs> you know, and uh, the great thing about NOCA is, um, uh, they they treat it serious. And they said, if you decide now at 14 years old, you don't have what it takes to be a professional artist, it's better to find out right now than find out when you're 30, 35 years old and it's been a pipe dream and you don't have the chops so you don't have the will to do it. So that's how I started. And so it was at Nokia and then uh, I went to Juilliard and, um, and Juilliard, going to Juilliard for the acting is like playing basketball at Duke. You know, everybody in the business is going to know about you, even if you sit in the bench, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, that got a real head start on it. When did you, when did you, what was the first moment where you're like, I want to be an actor. I've gone to Juilliard. I've worked my butt off. But you know what? It's going to work out. I'm going to do this. Was there a moment where you got a part or something it where you're like, year. I've. It took a year because I was so. Uh, Juilliard is tough. It comes, you know, kind of based on the English conservatory system. So, you know, you have teachers saying, you know, with that S, you'll never work in the American theater. <laughs> <You know? laughs> My God, that is the worst, you know, scene ever. Yeah, I mean, it was hard. It was like Vince Lombardi uh, sort of <laughs> approach to, uh, to, uh, to acting. God damn it. That's awful, you know. Um, and the one thing I was, I wasn't certain about a lot of things when I graduated from Juilliard, but I was certain about one thing. I wasn't an actor. I was so beat up by the, the constant pressure uh, and competition and to get, bet, to get better, uh, I wasn't certain. And so when I got a job, I was just like, oh, that was a fluke. And then I got my next job and I was like, boy, you know, you know, the, the imposter syndrome set in real deep. They're gonna figure out one day, I'm really not good at this. <laughs> And then I got another job. And then I got, uh, so I did a, a movie, I had done a play. And I, um, I think I got this TV gig, I think um, every New York actor seems to land on Law and Order at one point or another. I think <laughs> my early Law and Orders happened then. And I realized that I had done something, I had done a film, a play and television. I was just like, wait a minute, it was a year gone by. And I said, I might be able to do this. And so I, uh, that's when I came to an understanding that, okay, I'm a professional actor. And I tell actors all the time, decide that you are a professional actor. Employment doesn't define you, whether you're working or not. Just make the decision, I'm a professional actor, and let me attack this. Well, let me ask you this. You are an obviously a crazy Saints fan. So have you ever been at work on a set, and the Saints are playing, and you're like, 
I got to know the score. What's going on? Oh. Are they winning? Yeah, I don't play that shit. <laughs> it's like uh, there will be a computer or a phone or something rigged up no matter where I am <laughs> so I can see the game, you know. So and you never miss a game? Uh, I never miss a game. How often, how often do you get to go to the actual games usually? Oh, I, oh, I try to go to a game. I, I try to go. There's a great book called Mama Day. It's a love story. It's cool, but the guy and the woman, when they came together, his big thing was, hey, listen, I'll do anything, but don't mess with the fact that I go to all the playoff games. (laughs) It was in this novel, and that was the first time I was just like, wait a minute. That's what you should be doing, especially, you know, in this era, you should be going. So uh, I tried, I definitely tried to make it to all the playoff games. And uh, after the Super Bowl run in this era, we are watching the greatest era of Saints football and NFL football, uh, I think, right now. You know, man, uh, Drew Brees is just amazing, man. Well, that's, what? that's... And to see him in person. I want to be able to say years from now, you know, there were people who say, hey, man, you know, I was in Green Bay when Vince Lombardi was there. You know, I saw that Joe Namath Super Bowl, you know, when they beat Gianni Unitas, you know. I saw Gianni Unitas. I used to hear that shit in Baltimore all the time when I was doing The Wire. But right now, I tell people, I said, man, we are seeing Drew Brees. You can say years from now, I was there. And so I try to go to the game. I try to make games during the year whenever I can, but I definitely try to make the playoff games because those are historic. And then I met a guy in London. I was in London all last year. First of all, great fan base there, Saints fan base. I thought you guys were the podcast from London. <laughs> forever. They're, they're like, and there's a Saints bar and pub in East London and everything. I never got a chance to get there. But um, a huge fan. And I met a guy in St. James Park. I heard, who that? Who that? Right? Mr. Pierce, who that? <laughs> who that? He says, yes, I'm a big Saints fan. I go to all the home games. I said, oh, shit. I said, so you live in New Orleans, man? And he goes, no, I live here in London. I said, wait a minute. You go, he was the CEO, so he had the money. I said, you go to every Saints game? He goes, yeah, every Saints home game. Wow. Wow. Well, you know what it is, Wendell, is, and this has surprised us, like 20% of our listeners are international, and the international Saints fans, the reason they say is they say, we saw what happened with Katrina and the devastation, and we just sort of wanted to help the city and be bonded with the city, and we, like, adopted the Saints as our NFL team. And it's that is the story of probably 90% of our international fans. They, like, Katrina so, made us Saints fans. I, I also was doing a film in Canada one time, and uh, there was a huge Saints fan on the crew, and I said it was in Nova Scotia. I said, man, how did you become a Saints fan? He said, man, one Sunday on some, you know, obscure channel on television here in Canada, they happened to play an NFL game. They didn't play it often. And it was the Saints. And I was a little kid. He said, I don't care what anybody says. Those are the coolest fucking uniforms (laughs) in the NFL. And I was like, oh, shit, that's my team. And he's been a Saints fan. And he had Saints paraphernalia and gear and stuff that I hadn't even seen, man. He, uh, it, was, it was great, man. It was Saints, great. Saints just seeps into your bones, I guess. But, Wendell, you mentioned you're a little bit older than I, us, but one not much. Not one other thing. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. No. Go ahead. I said I was going to be short, 
winded, and now I'm talking like catty cat. <laughs> but um, uh, the best being talking about being on set or something and not being able to see uh, the Saints, I, I never miss it. But the best last year was great because the games, you know, uh, the way it works out, the games are in the evening on Sundays, and that was my Sunday evening uh, in London. But I was shooting in Moscow on Monday night when Drew broke one of the multitudes <sighs> of records. And I was like, I have to see that game. Yeah, because I knew he was going to break the record. And I found uh, a sports bar, 24-hour sports bar in Moscow and watched that game at 4 a.m. It was a great sports bar too, man. Uh, Moscow, oh. central Moscow is very rich. So they had, I was just like, you know, okay, this is where the oligarchs live, you know. <laughs> uh, How crowded is a sports a Moscow sports bar at 4 a.m.? At 4 a.m. is no one there. They had like four tables. And so they knew I was coming. They had it on all the screens and had it on this big screen, this stadium seating. And I had, you know, all the Moscovites in there going, who that, who that, who that say they're going to beat the Saints? <laughs> no. so that was, that's one of my fondest memories on set watching it, 4 a.m., going to a sports bar in Moscow on Monday night when Drew Brees broke the record uh, last year for, or the year before, for whatever it was. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, Drew, obviously we know we've got him this season and uh, most likely this will be his last. Uh, so I wanted to ask you the same question that I think is on everybody's minds. Uh, what, are, what do you think the Saints are going to do next year after Drew's gone? Uh, first of all, I don't think it's his last season. Okay. Ooh, I like really? that. I like that. I think I think he does two more. Okay. This yeah. season and next season. This season, okay. I think he has two more. Okay. Uh, one, we win the Super Bowl this year. He's going to go, I could go out on top, but ooh, I mean, we're here. You know, we have all the pieces. Yeah. So, shot at it, right? And then let me go out. He might, uh, if we don't win the Super Bowl this year, is going to be too close. He's going to go, I got to be there, right? Yeah. No, no, we got too close because we're going to get close again. The only time I see him going out is if we have what we had in 2010 after the Super Bowl, you know, that one season that it's just like, oh, my God, we won the Super Bowl last year. How could we be such fuck-ups, right? <laughs> <laughs> if we have one of those seasons. Um, well, he's definitely coming back. No, he's not going to well, go back. But I think, I, I, I think it's up in the air. You know, I think, I think uh, it's going to be a competition. I mean, it's going to be a competition. You know, everyone loves Taysom Hill, and I do too. And, uh, and Taysom Hill is going to say, I'm Taysom Hill, you know. Uh, and James you can bring in Jameson. You can bring in everybody. I'm going to compete. He's going to compete for it. He's going to compete for it. Um, uh, and I say his name wrong. Winston. James, Jameson? Winston? Jameson? Jameis Winston. Jameis. Jameis Winston. Yes. Uh, great. Th this was the smartest move he's made ever, you know, uh, with all the stupid shit. And, you know, he's the typical kid who got everything he wanted because he was the best ever. And they treated him with gold kid gloves in Florida when he was in school and then, you know, and then at Tampa Bay and tolerated all that. We're going to eat and win. Remember that? That was stupid. Um, <laughs> and now he really, he's been humbled. He's been humbled. 
he, he passed all those yards last year and then but he threw like the most interceptions ever, you know? Yeah. He's like, man, and he saw Teddy Bridgewater. He said, man, uh, let me get in that quarterback room and learn from Drew before he goes. If he learns from Drew, that'll be amazing. I think Taysom Hill has a great chance, you know? He has a great chance. And, um, yeah, he has a great chance. We're going to get somebody good some kind of way because along with Coach and Drew, we have to give it up to Mickey Loomis, man. Yeah. What he's done in these past, in this era, has been amazing. Whenever we, oh, you traded Reggie. Ooh, Sproles. Oh, wow, you got rid of Sproles. Ooh, Brandon Cooks. Well, you got rid of Brandon Cooks. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, he never let us down, you know. He well, never except Jarris Bird. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And the junior goal that contract, but that's it. The last yeah. five years, it's been magical. It's been the great. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and Peterson, too. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, a couple of years, there was, like, those free agents that were like, this is, I'm at the end of my career. I could go and, you know, raid the bank at the Saints. Um, but, you know, it's great. So I think uh, Taysom, Taysom has a great chance of getting the gig. Who is as big an, and crazy a sports fan as you that you've worked with on set is there is have you met anyone that's quite as crazy about sports as you are about the saints oh i'm nothing man it, actors especially actors are crazy sports fans crazy sports fans um we we have a running joke you know <laughs> we'd be in the theater and we're like talking about the games and people were like uh, do you think they're sitting in the locker room going oh man did you see cats Catch was bullshit. But, you know, the next thing I'm going to say, they're not talking about us like this, you know. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to go to Broadway and see who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. I mean, you know, Laurie Metcalf is brilliant. You know? <laughs> but, you know, we talk about it. The best, the best time I had with an actor was, it was also the best of times, the worst of times. I went, I flew from L.A. I was working on Unsolved with Josh Dumel. And Josh played, oh, yeah. you know, pretty boy. Oh, I couldn't wait to beat his ass. You know, <laughs> Josh, you know, he walks into a room and all the women are just like, oh, and half the dudes are like, ooh. You know, so. <laughs> um, so he's like, you know, and he's a really nice guy. As beautiful and handsome as he is, he's just as nice. So I'm like, all right, cool. He's a huge Minnesota fan. He played oh, no. Minnesota. We flew from L.A. to the game. I'm talking shit. We go to the club, drinking, and, oh, I'm talking trash. Unfortunately, we didn't have – we go out on the field on both sides before the game, you know, uh, on the sidelines watching warm-ups. Oh, it's great, man. This one kid I saw up there, I gave him my sideline pass. He was a Saints fan. Oh, he was like, oh, it was great. So it was going great. I'm dapping up the team and shit. I'm like, oh. So we had separate seats, and – um, and so we were texting each other in the game. And he was like, damn, man, Drew Brees is just amazing. He's just amazing. Oh, I'm so I can't believe you guys came back the way you did. And it was, it was one of the greatest comebacks in NFL playoff history, right? It was going to be the greatest comeback. Right? And uh, I'll just never forget. I'll never forget. I turned around and I'm pointing at Saints fans. Like, we did it. 
This is <laughs> like, like, oh, fuck you. I'm like, fuck me. Why you want to say fuck me? Oh, that's right. That's what your mama told me last night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is great. We're going to win. And then security came. Sit down. Turn around. Look at the game, right? I said, turn around. The game is over. Over. Right? Talking much trash. And of course. Oh, no. I turn around and the Minnesota miracle happened. And I thought, one, I was going to get my ass kicked. Right? So I just told <laughs> protect your face because these guys are going to be like, ah. Um, and I'll just never forget. I knew they weren't going to win the Super Bowl in that moment because nothing could eclipse it. Right? Yeah. great. And they stayed in the stadium an hour after the game. First of all, it was cold as shit in Minnesota. So, you know. <laughs> you don't want to go outside. All, all the bars and everything are there, you know, in the stadium. Great restaurants and stuff like that, you know. And, uh, and I sat in that stadium, man, for an hour after that game. I was like, I could not believe it. I could not believe it. Um, and to this day, I could not get to Josh afterwards. <laughs> but uh, uh, to this day, we are always, you know, no matter where we are, going back and forth about uh, football. And uh, he always goes, he always ends it with um, Minnesota Miracle. And well, that <laughs> He always, he always drops that on me. And then he came down here. I was over in London. He came down here when we played Minnesota again. And he's just like, man, are you guys ever going to get tired of getting your ass kicked by us? <laughs> oh, no. I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> you're coming. Anthony Mackey is, I think Anthony Mackey is even a bigger Saints fan than I am, man. Um, God, uh, there's so many, so many fans. I'd like to take a second to shout out the network that helps distribute our show, Armchair Media. Armchair is a collection of 50 podcasts, including ours, trying to localize the sports world a little bit. We've been with them since 2017, roundabout, and have enjoyed growing our audience with theirs. Starting June 1st, Bet Online will serve as the title sponsor for Armchair as well as our show. It's a perfect match. This will open up possibilities to develop merchandise as well as hosting live events once we return to a semblance of normalcy. In addition to Bet Online coming aboard, Armchair is now going to serve as the host network for the lo- world's largest skateboarding podcast, The Nine Club, hosted by professional skaters Chris Roberts and Kelly Hart. The Nine Club talks every week with the biggest names in skating. They're on social media at The Nine Club. To see more, search Armchair Media wherever you get your pods. Also, check us out on the Armchair's website, armchairmedianetwork.com, and their social channels at Armchair Media. Armchair Media, those who can do, those who can't, hashtag take a seat. That leads me into a question that I had. So, uh, personally for you, between the Minnesota Miracle and the no-call, which one is worse to you? Uh, the no-call. Uh, the The no-call. The no call was the no call. I, I still think we need to <laughs> we need to get some benefit from that. We I mean, need some. We need to get some. some so I'm serious, man. Restitution. We need, we need some restitution. We need some restitution. We should get a first round draft pick or something. We need some restitution. If we're going to do that, which I actually think is right, you know, to incentivize people to get more minorities 
uh, as coaches and change the uh, Rooney rule. And now they're going to say, all right, we're going to give you a draft pick. Well, they need, we need some restitution because the commissioner was sitting in Kansas City and saw what the whole world saw. And all he had to do was pick up the phone and call New York and say, hey, man, we're, talk to his staff or anybody. I'm sure he knew the rule. Can't I step in? Can't I do something? Overturn that call. Overturn that call. Review it. It's not reviewable, but what, what can I do? Let's, and then we find out later that he actually could do something. I mean, it was just, it wasn't even close. You know, the dude who even did it knows it. Everybody knows it. And, you know, I went deep. I went on the Rich Eisen show and I went deep. I, I was like, the conspiracy is on. You know, you just needed the Rams in the Super Bowl because they're spending a $2 billion. They're building a $2 billion stadium and nobody's going to be in that shit, you know, unless they make it to the Super Bowl because nobody goes to the game now. I'm going to stop cursing. I'm going to stop cursing. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. And so, it's... yeah, that, that was the worst. <laughs> I'll tell you something else, which is interesting because it's a little competitive. I was in San Francisco. That was the uh, – it was right after, I guess, this is 2011. End of the oh, 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vernon Davis. Yeah, Vernon Davis. Goody, <laughs> Goody sold us out. <laughs> oh, no. It's <laughs> It's really not selling it out because he's on the San Francisco team. And if you've been on another, the other team, the competitor, and you recognize something, if you watch that, you go back to the tape, he comes out of the huddle and he recognizes the defense. And he turns around to Alex Smith and he's just like, safety blitz. You, get, you see him. He's like, hit him over the middle, safety blitz. Jenkins, I think it was Jenkins was still with us. Uh, thank God he's back. Roman Harper too. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it was the safety blitz and they, and they burned us over the middle, man. He read the defense, and that was because Goody was center. Goodwin was center. We just had him on the podcast not too long yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Did he, he admit to that? No. He didn't, but he <laughs> – We didn't he, ask him, though. He, we didn't ask him that, but he, he definitely, like – he was one of the Saints' favorites because he left. He went to San Francisco. They brought him – remember, they brought him back for one yeah. more year. They, they yeah. loved him so much. Yeah, he's uh, like – man. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that, that – I'll never forget that game also. That those, those are one, two, three. That the no call, Minnesota and uh, San Francisco, and I was at all three. Oh my god, that's a lot of that is a that is a lot of a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, but I was going to ask you, you know, what is the what's the first Saints player that you watched in Tulane Stadium when you were young that you still have a emotional attachment to that you love that other people might not think is so great, but you. That's your guy when you were a kid that really made you love the Saints. Oh, well, uh, I think the whole experience was uh, – I just loved the whole experience about, you know, just going to the games and all. But Archie Manning was the man. <laughs> I still – I always – he is the epitome of optimism in my eyes because I always felt like he oh, really was – well, next year is going to be different, you know, because <laughs> Archie was – I realized I felt optimistic because he was always fucking scrambling because we had the worst time and he was always running for his life. You know, he was running for his life. And when I always thought that was a part of the game, like, yeah, look at Archie Manning. He can do anything. He can can run around and they can't get him. You know, yay, Archie. Yay, Archie. And I did not realize (laughs) Thankfully, the game 
my knowledge of the game has improved. I thought, man, Archie Manning was cool. I thought he was the shit. Uh, so Archie Manning was, he, you know, he was my man. And I actually, I thought this the other day. I was just like, Archie Manning's in the Hall of Fame, right? I actually thought that the other day. And I was like, I, was like, I couldn't believe he's, he's not in the Hall of Fame. And I was now, like, how could Archie Manning? I was like, well, God, I, gotta, I guess I got to look at the numbers. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E 
Byte.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. It's like, oh, the thing like, is, the thing is, though, with Archie and this, if, if you if people, if you're out there, Google Archie Manning, Paul Zimmerman, it's a feature from 1980. Archie Manning got beat up so much. He hired Mackie Shulstone to, and, and Archie Manning was like like t- a decade ahead in fitness. And he's like, I-, I just have to work out so hard because I get injured all the time. He didn't blame anybody, but you know, it's like, yeah, because you get stacked 50 times a year, you have to be in tip top shape so you don't die. Um, and, we, and, and also back then we saw great players, you know, you saw great players for brief periods of time, man. I remember when Chuck Muncie came through, mm-hmm. when Earl Campbell came through. Uh, so, um, and I was actually there. This is another awful story <laughs> but a great story at the same time I, I, I this was my second uh missed historical play i was there for tom dempsey's kick and my father famously went 63 yeah oh come on let's get out of here <laughs> oh no <laughs> and so we were walking <laughs> we were walking down the vomit and i remember looking up through one of the ramps and seeing the flight of the ball and then two seconds later, I thought it was an earthquake because the stadium was rocking. Because it was steel. The Tulane Stadium was steel, oh, right? Yeah, steel. That's these steel girders, and we're walking underneath it, you know? And it was rocking. And we, I ran up, we ran up one of the ramps to just see the celebration. So I saw the flight of the ball and the, celebra- the, the stadium rock like it was earthquake and then the celebration. So I was there, and I didn't Miss- see the cake. So what we need to do is we need Wendell Pierce at a Saints playoff game, but we need you to, to go to the bathroom or turn around or look at your phone <laughs> at a key moment, right? and something amazing will happen for the Saints. Yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, and because of that, wait, because of that, our first – I was at the game, Minnesota, yes, um, when we uh, were going to the Super Bowl, when they lined up for the kick, when Garrett lined up for the kick, to take us to the Super Bowl, there was this one guy in front of me, like this, like, I can't watch, I can't watch. I said, no, motherfucker, you're gonna watch this. <laughs> I, I grabbed a stranger's head, I said, oh no, we waited too long for this shit, you watch it. And I made him watch it, man, it, uh, it was, you know, it exploded. That night, I think, um, it was it's right up there with the Super Bowl, when we yeah. want to go into the Super Bowl, because the spontaneous, celebration that happened all over the city and state and region i mean I, there were second lines all over bands came out of nowhere 
all night long partying. It was just great. Yeah, I rem- the, the one thing I remember about that game is, you know, everybody stayed. We didn't want to leave. And I remember finally we're getting ready to leave. And this 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 older gentleman, like three rows b- below me, he, he he would always he always has has a walker that he folds up under his seat, and his his son said, "Dad, it, it's time to go." And he turned to him, and he just had tears in his face, and he's just like, "I need five more minutes." And I was just like, "Wow!" And it just like it, it hits you these these moments that you have, and like you said earlier, it's just New Orleans. It it brings us together, and I I don't know if you're familiar with Buddy D, the late okay. sportscaster. Yes. He used to always say to me. When the Saints were bad under Hazard, he would he would say, "Ralph, I have to hold him accountable because he believed, and I don't know if it's true, but he believed that the Saints were the one thing that united the city. Everybody, black, white, poor, rich. He said it unites us, and I have to hold him accountable because if the Saints don't win and they get bad, and God forbid they leave." This city will never be the same, so I got to hold them accountable every day. And that's when the Saints were terrible. And it just – him saying that always stuck with me. And you, you brought it up at the beginning that it's just like this – it's a lot of things in New Orleans bond us together. But I feel like the Saints is one of those – the biggest things. It, 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 really, it really brings us together. Um, people that you just never expect to be Saints fans. And uh, no matter where you are in the world, when you meet a Saints fan – you know, that's what I've experienced all my travels. I've been out of the country for the past three years, basically, shooting Jack Ryan and, uh, and, and, and doing Death of a Salesman in London. And uh, just the Saints fans all over the world uh, have just been amazing. So speaking of Jack Ryan, my wife, she's not on this, she's not on this but she had like 7,000 questions to ask you. <laughs> Season three, can you give us – at least a little uh, tease about what's, what's going on in Venezuela with you and Jack Ryan. Well, uh, every season is different. We, uh, <laughs> the first season was, um, uh, was uh, we shot in Morocco, but it wasn't Morocco. It was uh, all over the Middle East, um, Turkey and Jordan and places. But we shot in Morocco, and last year it was Colombia for Venezuela. Uh, I know nothing about season three because we were literally stopped in our tracks uh, with this pandemic. And uh, the one thing that I can tease you with, this is going to be a little trivia because I know it's not going to happen that way. Uh, we were going to be in China. <laughs> oh. We were going to be shooting in China in April. <laughs> and uh, uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, so I, I, I think that is changing. <laughs> Um, so we have no idea. All of production in Hollywood is shut down, so we don't know. Um, I, I talked to John Krasinski uh, just yesterday on Memorial Day, and uh, so we're, we're just trying to figure out. And they're in the writing room now, uh, changing things up, and uh, we're just waiting for uh, the protocol to how we work on sets is figured out. We're still trying to figure that out. So my last question for you, Wendell, give me a prediction for the 2020 Saints, their record? Uh, 12 and four. Ooh, I like that. I like that. You think there's going to be a full season? That's my question. I think it's going to be a full season because while we're talking about all of our experiences at the game and stuff like that, that Mm -hmm. is a verified thing. Mm -hmm. The NFL – is um, the NFL is a, is a is a television show? Yeah, right. 
the NFL is all sports is a television show. And once people, uh, once the leagues accept that and understand it, um, you know, I get uh, Sunday ticket, you know, cause I'm all over the place so I can watch the games. And I usually, and I love to watch the games after, on Tuesday because that's when the shortcuts come on and every game, they cut out the huddles and cut out the commercials. They show all the replays on big plays and touchdowns, but you see every play and with the huddles cut out and the commercials cut out, it's a half hour. It is. Right? No yeah. game for 30 Sometimes minutes. not even. Not even, right? And so you get that in your man. Well, we spent three hours in that stadium and at home, you know? So um, uh, once they realize, you know, it's a television show, the NBA too, uh, it's a television show. Um, and let the – I have no problem without fans. First of all, it's a television show. So in my, in my world – they could CGI fans, in the class, <laughs> right? right? And they come up with a protocol of like, you know, um, how much can we play in the level? Shit, Seattle was doing that shit already with the 12th man chant, you know? <laughs> what can I, what, how much audio can I type in, right? And the normal, the normal thing is we always, it's a home game so we can pipe it up when you're on, you know, offense, you know? And we'll do it like if Stan fans were here right and we'll play the music in the breaks and all of that stuff and um and they can they can agree upon what is a what is a baseline of audio uh crowd noise right but we'll have right? to keep our eye on the falcons because they might uh exceed that threshold well the one thing patriots, patriots <laughs> the pages too the patriots love to love to skirt the rules the one thing i was going to say wendell is I really hope you're right about Drew Brees playing two years, not just because he's amazing and you want two years instead of one, but I feel as like fans, even if the Saints win the Super Bowl this year, it'd be amazing, and that's that's true. But I want the more I want to be able to say goodbye to Drew, and I want it to be Saints fans in the dome in the stadium. So that's why when you said you think he's going to play two years, I really hope he does because I just feel like New Orleans, we need to give the proper New Orleans send-off to Drew Brees, and that can't happen happen with an empty stadium, even if they win a Super Bowl. Absolutely, especially if if it's going to be a a season where it's going to be fans pulled back or no fans or whatever. Um, uh, You know, even if if everything works out and we get a vaccine, you know, uh, in September, you know, all of a sudden we have a vaccine, we have treatment and vaccine and all, People are still going to be a little, oh, oh, maybe not Saints fans. They'll come. <laughs> like, we got a vaccine. Shit, I can do it. I'll go. Right. People are still going to be a little hesitant. You know, God, that vaccine was early. I don't want to get it from the vaccine. You know, people are still going to be a little skittish, you know. Um, but I think, but you have a decent enough crowd, you know. I think, I, I think we'll be at like 75, 80% if that happens. I think right now we'll be like at 25, 30%. You know, if we come okay. back, it's still a decent size, you know, uh, but it's a television show. We remember that. But sending Drew off would be nice. And I think especially ideally for me, win the Super Bowl this year. And at the Super Bowl, after the Super Bowl announced, next year will be my last year. Oh, and, I love it. Right. And let's get the cameras in here. Subscribe. And I'll have my own last dance, <laughs> you know, documentary. Right. And... You know, and let's go. 
See, because oh. all of them, all those guys saw the last dance like we all did about Michael Jordan and the 98 uh, Bulls. And we're like, you know something? I don't want just one. I want, I want a little, multiple ones. I want to I wanna two that, you know? That's what <laughs> I, I want to two that, you know, three that. The last dance, but featuring the Saints with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, I would watch 20 hours of that. That would be a full access behind the scenes of Sean Payton led team with Drew Brees. That year, would be amazing. Amazing. Last year, that would be amazing. Yeah, but the, the problem is Sean wouldn't allow that because <laughs> no. I'm still going to be coaching. And Drew probably wouldn't allow it because he's like, I'm going to be coaching too. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you know, right. This is, this is my uh, incubator. So I'm going to be coaching also. Wendell, thanks so much, Guy, for joining us. You gave us way more time than we asked for. This, um, luckily, I forgot how much time you asked for. I assumed it was an hour. So, no. <laughs> so I ruined your podcast. No, no you did no. not. You yeah. did not. I, th this podcast has been so amazing. When I was just thinking as we wrap up, usually there's one or two highlights that I'll clip and, and tease out to people. This has like about seven that I have to think of. It's been, it's been amazing, Wendell. We can't wait to see Jack Ryan season three and anything else you're working on. Uh, thanks for joining us. And, and now I want to say one thing. Mario Davis. I still believe to Mario Davis. People are sleeping on him. He's one of the greats. Man. Yes. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe the way he was treated uh, by, uh, with, with accolades at the end of last season. He should have been at the Pro Bowl. He should have been all team everything. Yeah. He is a monster, man. He is a monster. And now they're bringing that uh, uh, Braun or Braun kid in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, yeah Braun. No. I, I just think Demario Davis. I just wanted to give him a shout out. No, Demario. Right he's one of my favorite players, man. He's one of my favorite players right now. Demario Davis is one. He's probably, if he has another two great seasons, I think you can argue that he is maybe the second or third best linebacker in Saints history behind Ricky Jackson. He's been that amazing. Yeah, he's been amazing, man. He can go from sideline to sideline. <laughs> so That's so great. <laughs> but listen, I, I'm getting off the mark. No. Man, and, uh, you know, uh, it's really about the work that you do and the people that you do it with, you know, and uh, the Saints are doing great work. And as uh, people, they have brought us all together. So, uh, who that? Guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for Thank Wendell you, Pierce. Wendell. Thank you, Wendell. Guys, it's been a great podcast. Support us. It allows us to do great shows like this. We'll see you next time.